1: Us have heard the expression that content is king? Well, Eric Behdegaard, who is the CEO of Spark Compass, maintains that in IoT, context is king. In this interview, you'll get to hear him talk about how his company is approaching this problem area and the results that he's got with some specific customers. Hope you enjoy watching. If you don't have time to watch, listen to us on iTunes. Thanks very much for making time to, to talk with us, Eric. Eric Bjondegaard, CEO of the Spark Compass. We are in what I think is probably the most glamorous home office in the world. Um, and we're gonna talk about contextual communications. That's what it's gonna be all about. So I wanna hear a bit about what Spark Compass does. Uh, I want to, you're one of the people that's pioneered this space. So let's get into what context is um, in in, in the context of location, contextual communications. And then I, I want to hear a bit about some of your customers. But um, tell us a bit about where we are. What, what is this place? We're in San Diego.
2: Indeed. Yeah, this is a historic estate. Uh, it's, it's rather remarkable, isn't it? So this is uh, the uh, historic Rosecroft estate. Uh, we've been blessed to be here for about a year now. We're hoping to continue to be here for a much longer time. Um, it's a historic estate where we have the ability to test out our, our idea of bridging the physical with the digital. And yes, it's easy to do that, easy to do that in a modern building and something you build from scratch. Harder when you do it in an old historic home where you really can't change the infrastructure.
1: And this is like the largest private residence in San Diego, which has some fairly large <laughs> yeah, private residences, and it's the place where Reagan launched his gubernatorial campaign. Is That's that right?
2: right. So we had uh, uh, Ronald Reagan started his per- uh, career here. We have uh, President Carter's been here. Um, I don't know if you can see the table behind me, but uh, Robert Mondavi started his and planned his vineyards uh, on this very table. Um, and uh, Dr. Seuss is uh, reputed to have be been here frequently. So maybe this is where he started his, uh, I like green eggs and ham.
1: And this is the headquarters for your company, Spark yes. Compass. Tell us, what does Spark Compass do?
2: Yeah, so Spark Compass, um, we've invented a, what we call a contextually intelligent communication platform. Mm-hmm. Which means that we have the ability to understand context, i.e. who, what, where, where, or like location, that's what we're gonna talk about but also activity. And so if we can have an understanding of what that context is, how can we enhance that experience? In this context, this, this building where we're at, um, we have a commercial kitchen, right? So can we, can we create an experience around um, cooking? Um, we have a living home. People live here, so, so how can we enhance a smart home? Uh, we have a fitness gym. How can we create an experience around uh, fitness? Um, we have historic gardens. So how can we verify that the trees that are here, the historic trees, are getting enough water? Um, we have a solar power plant, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we verify the distribution of, of electricity? Uh, and how can this all be tied into one common platform that can make our lives easier and our lives better? And that's contextual intelligence communication.
1: That's a great question. That's a great uh, overview of it, and we'll get into more details in a bit. And, and in many ways, Spark Compass and building this platform is like the culmination of pretty interesting career. You started off, you, I mean, you've uh, been a rocket scientist, you've, you're a serial entrepreneur, you've uh, been in the retail business, the real estate business, and our paths crossed at Qualcomm, right? Indeed. And you were a, a kind of a, an advisor to the C-suite there on some of the technologies uh, the, basically the seeds of contextual technology. And um, and you worked in R&D. So you were like one of the business people in R&D, which is just a, like $5 billion of spending on cool stuff. And you get to basically plant those seeds and do the deal. So you did some of the early deals of uh, uh, like uh, augmented reality and so forth. And it seems like a lot of those things have kind of come back into this platform. So... Tell us a little bit more about what some of the components are in, in your platform. And there's beacons there. It's the Mr. Beacon podcast. So the, but that's just one part of it.
2: Sure. And, and um, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different components there. Um, but it's, it's really interesting by being able to be platform first and look at how can we include all these different components in a common platform. And rather than trying to be all encompassing, we're all integrating. So whether it's a sensor on a device, um, the sensors on the, on the phones, obviously uh, the, the phones these days are more, compu- more powerful than the computers we had on the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. So it's remarkable, right? Um, but then if you can take those sensors and understand context on the device, um, edge computing, fog computing, whatever you want to call it, um, and if that could be part of a common platform where this p- platform has the ability to take the sensor input on this device, but also sensor input from other devices that are connected to the same system. Um, and if we can then combine the knowledge of the activity, the end user, the, the, the location, and create this universe of knowledge, then we, what we call, we augment intelligence. So our AI is not artificial intelligence, our AI is augmented intelligence. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you got these inputs uh, that include location Um, And is what you're selling, um, it's a software platform, so I have APIs, I have dashboards, reports, and I think in the early days you were also developing applications. How is that changing now? What's your approach to partnering and where are you focusing and where are you trying to get other people to focus around you?
2: Well, that's a, that's a really good, interesting aspect because things have evolved, right? In the old days, we had to build everything because it was so early, we had to show. And that was very important for us. We need to show that this works in, in healthcare, it works in retail, it works in convention center, it works in universities, it works in airports. So, so our company built everything from A to Z. Uh, but in the process, we were always a, a, a platform company. So around the platform, we built an SDK, which enables us now to, to scale with our channel partners. Mm-hmm. And we have some big channel partners that are now leveraging our platform, our SDK, platform as a service solution, to integrate with, with their solutions that they provide to their clients. So now all of a sudden, um, we have the ability to scale much more rapidly than if we were trying to do everything ourselves, which um, we still can. Sure. But uh, as uh,
1: who are the SIs that you're working with?
2: Um, So, so they're pretty big, ATOS being one, Um, there's going to be some announcements around that. How Uh, big are ATOS? 119,000 people, $17 billion a year, they're the exclusive provider of IT services for the Olympics. So, this is exciting, right? When when they see the value of what we do around fan engagement, what we do in stadium enhancements, Um, and all of a sudden, it's not just a stadium, it becomes a host city which is a perfect segue into another thing that they do, and and we do as well, um, which is smart cities. We also work closely with another system integrator called CGI. It's a Canadian uh, global company, but uh, Canadian based. Um, I think they have about 65,000 employees, 400 offices around the world, uh, and another fan of the Spark Compass platform, um, I'm going to be one of our first, if not the first certified Spark Compass uh, reseller and, and then, integrator.
1: And then lastly, so, uh, tell us a bit about some of the technology partners that you're working with.
2: So we're, we're blessed in that we have um, shown that this platform works across multiple platforms. Um, so we're, we're frequently endorsed and, and uh, introduced by companies like Qualcomm. Uh, Qualcomm introduced us to Samsung. Um, and uh, we're blessed to have a series of relationships with them. We built some solutions for them. We were featured by Samsung in the World uh, uh, at CES this year. Um, we also have the ability to, to integrate all the technologies. So Samsung on one side and then Apple on the other side and typically they don't necessarily mm-hmm. speak too much but we're Switzerland in this space. Mm-hmm. So, so we integrate Apple's technologies as well as Samsung's technologies. Um, and with the objective that our clients, such as San Diego International Airport, or the end user has a seamless experience. It's all about the end
1: user. Well, I think it's so fascinating about how you've tackled this market, and I don't know how much of it was planned and how much just happened organically, but you know, our audience are solution designers and entrepreneurs, and so I think it's really interesting to kind of tweeze out a couple of things, and then we'll move on to what your customers are doing. So you started off doing like, everything. And and that's fairly typical for for kind of innovative technology companies. People want a solution. They don't want just a context platform. And if you look at like Qualcomm, they ended up, they started off doing the whole thing. They made phones and everything and then they kind of lasered in. And so it seems like you've done done that, but you're also able to work with some very big companies because they need solutions. They need someone who's going to listen and pull the pieces together. And you've used that. You're kind of resting on the shoulders of some pretty big companies.
2: And, and that's the key, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting, we both were at Qualcomm, great company, and we learned a lot there, right? Yes. And, and they certainly were. Uh, ba- uh, paved the path forward on, on how to create something new out of nothing. And, and that's really what we're trying to do here. How can we create this new infrastructure? So yes, you have to show it. You have to, to lead the way. And we're strong believers in showing it's much more efficient than talking. Mm-hmm. And so, so we did a lot of showing in the early days, um, and that resonates. Because now all of a sudden when you go into a meeting and you talk about all these interactions that you're going to do, and you can say that, well, we're approved by a US Department of Transportation, FAA, Homeland Security, and we have an active installation at in the International Airport, that resonates. Because now all of a sudden it's not just talk.
1: Right. Well, I do want to get on to who's using the technology, what they're using it for. But just last point is, um, I don't see any developers uh, around here. Where's, where's your development? Done?
2: Well, so, so there's another component, which is what we, what we talk about, and we like to do what we preach, and that is that we're mobile first, mm-hmm. and we're global. So we have a development team in, in, uh, here in San Diego, uh, Tijuana of all places, which is a fantastic hub, mm-hmm. very efficient, so we're nearshore a lot of our developments. Uh, we have people in London. We have people in New Zealand. Our, our chief platform architect is, uh, is from New Zealand. So now all of a sudden, the, the idea that we are global first is not only a word, but it's true. And um, I, I <laughs> kind of a little funny thing. I thought it was a really good idea to have the ability to have a workforce 24 hours, which we now have because we're spread around the globe, which means I don't sleep.
1: <laughs> so that's the only downside That's the only problem, right? And you spent a lot of time on planes, which is probably a good segue to one of your first customers. Can you talk a bit about what you've done with San Diego Airport? We had Rick Belliotti, who was an early guest, sure. and so actually your app was one of the things that we looked at. Can you tell us what you're doing for the airport?
2: Yeah, so, so the airport is a great environment because it, it, it really kind of is a, a, a city of itself, right? You have travelers, you have those that work there. You have those that make a living there, and you have a lot of people coming through. So it's a, it's a small cosmo of, of activity. Um, the first objective was to work with the, the enhancing the passenger journey, right? That's what you probably talked with Rick about, and that's the way you go. Um, now, we wanted to create a solution that worked at the airport. Um, and so, so we have an infrastructure there, beacons across the facilities. Are those like gimbal beacons? They're gimbal beacons, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, at the time, they were the uh, uh, premier secure beacons mm-hmm. um, and certainly people are catching up with them. Yep. Uh, but, um, but they were obviously very good. So we built a platform around their secure environments, their secure beacons. Um, but the idea was that this needed to be a multi-tenant platform. So we didn't use a gimbal platform as such, mm-hmm. um, but it enables uh, the airport and ourselves, we have a managing contract with them as well, uh, to enhance the, the journey. Uh, not only at the airport, but from your home uh, to the airport. We integrate with a series of different systems at the infrastructure at the airport to drive that uh, Traveller behavior the traveler journey and enhancing it.
1: So what are the systems you have to integrate with? at so, the airport?
2: So one is uh, parking mm-hmm. right because that's one of the things so how do we drive you to the right parking spot? That's mm-hmm. important for the airport. So, so we integrate that on um, before you arrive at the airport. Um, we've integrated with a tracking system on the, on the shuttle buses that take you from the parking lots to the, to the terminal, which gives you, in your one common app, an uh, indication of where the, the shuttle bus is.
1: Oh, uh, so you're waiting for the shuttle bus and you can find it, that it, out from it, the
2: it, app? No, inside oh, in right. the app, inside yeah. the app yeah, as you can see exactly where they are, how long it's going to take them to get to your destination, and how long it's going to take you to get to your destination. So that's useful. Right, right? that's a key. Um, and then once you're in the terminal, um, we've integrated and we were the first to launch Apple's indoor navigation systems on both, on both platforms. So you have an indoor navigation. So you can identify um, where, your, where your flight is. You log that in. We are directly con- connected with the flight control systems at the airport. So is the that like CETA? Correct. Yeah. So, so their back-end system that uh, identifies the flight versus the gates. So, so that's also in the app. Again, one app. Uh, navigates and then we have the information about where you are and then also what's around you. All beacons, uh, all location services. So
1: this is interesting, you're using beacons, but actually Apple's indoor navigation doesn't use beacons. So why the beacons and how how do you integrate with Apple?
2: So the the use cases are different, right, In, in the way that we're thinking. So navigation is great, then we leverage what's best for navigation. For proximity, and, and what are the experiences that you're delivered um, based on your exact location um, and the ability to determine what's around you, the discovery mode of what's around you, uh, is what's driven by the beacons. We'll come back to the beacons uh, when we talk about our, our um, operational aspect as well. Um, but let's, let's continue with the beacons uh, as we are related to the traveler. So the traveler now has uh, the ability to discover what's around them, and that's beacon-driven because we can locate them, and then we can also see what experiences do we trigger around those
1: specific locations. So with a beacon, you can trigger something that pops up in the app, even if the app's in in the background, whereas the indoor navigation is like, where's gate 37?
2: Exactly, so that's more like an active search, right, exactly, and the the beacon is delivering more contextual relevant information as you walk around.
1: I think that's a very important distinction, because people kind of get into the, oh, it's no, uh, beacons are not useful because we have Apple's indoor navigation, but really they're just tools in the toolbox.
2: That's exactly it. And so now we take the beacons one step further, because we built something what we call go tags. So these are luggage trackers. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't necessarily have any benefit while you're on San Diego airport uh, departing. But say now, which I frequently do, is to fly from San Diego to London, and then onwards to either Barcelona or Amsterdam or, or, or Oslo. Um, nothing happens when I arrive at Heathrow. But when I arrive at my final destination, I can um, peacefully fight the Norwegians for the duty-free, which we do at Oslo Airport. Uh, anybody that's been to Oslo knows that the Norwegians right. are crazy about the duty-free. Which is your home country. Uh, so, so, so That's why I can say this. a little bit of a jab. Right. Them, uh, indeed, indeed.
0: Uh, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
2: Um, but I can do that without the panic mode because my phone will alert me when my luggage has arrived.
1: Ah, so right. even though there's like this scrum around where the bags are popping out, you actually can, you have kind of virtual x-ray specs and you can see your, your bag coming off the conveyor. So that's nice. kind of useful, right? And this is the San Diego app, but it's actually working in another country at another airport.
2: That's right. So, so right now we have 8,418 airports in the system which is obviously another key component for, for the platform, which is data. We'll come back to that later. But the, the idea around understanding the activity of the end user.
1: And remind people what the app's called? Just that's
2: Away You Go. Away You, away go. you go app okay. uh, and the Go tags.
1: Deliberately not branded San Diego, even though it was born there because the idea is it scales exactly. over other airports.
2: And, and this, this is one thing that's very important, which, which Rick and I were working very hard on, And that is to ensure that this is a multi-tenant platform. And this is a system that can now translate to other airports. So we're currently talking to about 52 airports around the world around this kind of system that can integrate with API calls, with the airlines, uh, can integrate with the local residents and and their needs, whether it's a city management or if it's a hotel or convention center or a sports team. All of those can now have an access to this infrastructure that is at the airport often the, the port of landing.
1: We're talking about Rick, and just to explain to people, so Rick Belliotti, who's a, effectively the CTO of the airport, but he's also in charge of small business, and right. he's also innovation. in charge of innovation, so yep. they have an innovation lab. Yep. So, so um, you're helping him, he's not just, he's servicing the needs of the passengers at the airport, but you're actually helping him to build a business around what he's doing and taking it to other airports.
2: Absolutely, and, and that's actually what we have a contract about. So, so this is a really cool contract. And this is part of the way that we built our business. is not necessarily initial clients, but it's partners. So we have a partnership where we collectively will go out and present this to others, uh, similar to what we've done with Ole Miss and, and others as
1: well. Gosh, we've got to get through this quickly. There's so <laughs> much to talk indeed. about. Just, just briefly tell us what you're doing on the enterprise side at the
2: end. Oh, yes, that's right. So um, the IT staff, uh, and this is very important around context and, and relevant communication. Um, The IT staff has a responsibility to keep the operations running. Um, So say now that gate 32, the scanner has gone down. Typically, in the past, the the gate agent would then call IT department. IT department dispatch person would go through her list of people who is on duty and call their cell phones to try to find somebody to come and help on the problem of gate 32. Now, the IT staff has Samsung Gear S3 watches that are connected with our platform via our GPS and beacon location systems across the airport. We know exactly where the staff members are while they're on-premises. So our system will then dispatch and send a message directly to the wrist of the IT staff member who's closest to gate 32. That person can now say, where the wrist of the watch, a twist on the watch, say, yes, I can accept this task or not. If they say no, it will automatically dispatch to the second closest person. Whoever says yes first will say, it'll take me five minutes to get there. That message is then transmitted to the gate agent so they know help is on the way. Very important in a stressful situation. When that person arrives, the IT staff member arrives on the premise, we know that they are at gate 32. So now that goes in as a time log in our platform. Our platform is an action event-based system, so each event is recorded with a timestamp who, where, when, what, what happened before and what happened after. That information goes into their legacy tracking system that is used for the operations. And then the cool part is, is this. You can actually speak to the watch. That's transcribed on the watch, sent as a, a text file to our system, and that is filed as a report on what the problem was uh, live into the system. I love it. Efficiency but, is phenomenal.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, as we look at, we start off with this cool technology, beacons, what can it possibly do? Smart watches. Okay, it's a toy. But I think as entrepreneurs, we have to constantly say, what's in it for me? Where's the money? What's the ROI? And I think you've described something that is compelling and, and, and actually works across a whole bunch of different venues where you have service staff who are trying to, we need to optimize their time. People are expensive. Who should we send? If we can send the right person to the right place at the right time, then that's going to allow you to scale with fewer people, save cost, happier customers. I love it.
2: Absolutely. Now, so a so little segue, quick segue there to America's Cup. All right. Because uh, so one of the things that we learned at the America's Cup, we can talk about what we did there, but one of the things which is a problem in a public environment is how can we get safety, uh, security officers to an incident, right? Typically you have, especially in a big event like America's Cup, where security and safety is important anti-terrorism, and so forth. Um, The command center can see on video cameras where people are, and they can see incidents. And they can talk in the traditional way with the radio. But when there's a concert and it's noisy, it's difficult for the staff on the ground to answer or hear what the problem is. Mm -hmm. So this is a common problem. So what we built is a enhancement, a contextual intelligence surveillance enhancement, situational awareness. So now the control center can see where their staff members are on a dashboard, and can direct information directly to the person who's closest to the incident. Same thing.
1: Very good. Cool. So, so what else have you done on the America's Cup? You got the t-shirt? Yes, you got thank the you, yeah, I'm project. very proud of this. Yeah.
2: yeah I know. So, so I'm a sailor, right? Yeah. So, uh, so this is fun. Uh, America's Cup um, came to us and said, we want to create an enhanced experience, not only for the village, they built a village. They built an island, a brand new island, that was a village and we had beacons across the whole island where is this in bermuda
1: okay so so it's actually an island in
2: bermuda so i was a tough gig yeah indeed uh so uh, and spark compass platform was generated and created the experience across the whole island geofences beacons uh, we even had some physical web beacons we drove behavior we had um we had interactive uh, displays in, in restrooms of all places Uh, So so this this journey that we're talking about, the journey from the moment you land on the island at the airport all the way through your hotel, all the hotels had our systems, um, to the venue at the the races, we now deliver contextual relevant information.
1: So what was the information and in the displays in the hotel? And what was the information in the bathroom?
2: Well, so the bathroom is interesting, right? Uh, so there's another partner of ours, and these are digital uh, displays oh. and that are attached to faucets. Yeah. Interesting use case, because now I can verify who's washing their hands. Can you imagine where that could be useful? Yeah. In hospitals, right? Yeah. So, so we're very excited about this partnership. But in this instance, they were driving advertisements.
1: So how do you know who's washing their hands?
2: Well, if they have their app. If they have all right. Okay. okay.
1: So right. proximity, the phones proximate to that's the right. the basin.
2: Yes, indeed. So now that that's crazy experience, right? But the idea on this instance was if we can ensure and verify that they are in the restaurants, did we drive them there? Did the messaging that we send them? Attribution. Right. Right. So so now that You comes send a the promotion
1: and then you know whether they actually acted on it.
2: Amen. Is that cool? Right, and, and, and that, that can be then the entry point into a beacon deployment. That doesn't need a beacon deployment everywhere, but if they if somebody's in the restroom, it's a big assumption that they're actually in the venue.
1: And how do you do the deployment at something that large? I mean, that's a pretty big event. There's a lot of work to be done mm, on the yes. ground.
2: Yes, so, so with America's Cup, we were lucky in that we had a very deep partnership with the organization. They were actually the ones that managed it with us. Yeah. Uh, we had some people on staff uh, that were... Uh, at the venue, which was okay, it was tough, right, Bernardo? Um, and uh, and then, of course, the, the the screens are already there. The the video screens uh, in the restaurants were already there, so that's through one of our channel partners, um, which enables us to do that. Uh, on the venue, in the in the in the uh, village, we drove highly relevant information to the point where, when the the winner the when the winner of a race was announced and was clear, that immediately popped. A message to the phones on those that were there, um, relevant to that win.
1: Okay, so really? so the results of the race get displayed on, on the phones. In a, was there an America's Cup app?
2: Yes. Okay. Now, so so that the the this, the the, um, the results were obvious, but then how did we enhance that experience? So uh, if that was um, go to go to the Swedish uh, um, campus and, and get some waffles mm-hmm. because we won. Right? All right. Those kind of things.
1: And the Swedes won, did they? No, they didn't. Oh. So, so, that was my job. I'm Norwegian. So. Right. <laughs> it's highly hypothetical. So there's a little bit of an adversarial thing going on there? Uh, you, know, you know. Yes, it is. <laughs> Some history. OK. And, and lastly on that, and then we're going to talk about Ole Miss. Um, the physical web beacons. So these are beacons that are broadcasting a URL so you don't need an app. What right. were they doing?
2: So again um, we always say what's in it for me? Why would I open this? What would be the interest? Why would we convert somebody to do an action? Mm-hmm. So, so yes it was a, uh, an alert as a notification that said press here to learn more about the events. Right? We know that there's an interest because you're on their village the, the intent was to get you to download the app or at least get your information, the end user's information. So there's two components. One was uh, enter for more information or enter here to win a prize. Right? That came to one of our landing pages, okay. which had a, a, a form to, to enter a contest or download the app to get more information. Part of the, the value proposition in, in entering the contest was to that you had to give some information, naturally, so that you can win the prize. Um, And part of that process was an encouragement, again, to download the app.
1: So it's like bootstrapping people in. You don't have the app, you have the URL, there's a reason for going there, and then you get. So how many people downloaded the app?
2: I'm not allowed to share that, unfortunately. Uh, But I can share that um, uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, downloads of the app. Spark comp uh, sorry the uh, America's Cup app, um, and um, the interesting aspect is that this were we're all hitting our servers, and of course no problems and this is exciting right because you can have massive traffic, you could get massive data, um, highly local data, but also global so the the viewpoint that we provided for the organization was powerful
1: so all Miss uh, Don Rayner, our video production guy is from Mississippi, so we can't end the show without talking about what uh, we did for all this.
2: Yes, indeed. Um, the Rebels. So, so this is a question or this is a concern they came to me and asked me about. Um, we have no problem filling the stadium when the boys are playing football. When they, but when the girls are playing real football, soccer, nobody comes to watch. How can you help us? So I said, oh, that's easy. We can create a rewards program. Okay. And so we created what's called Rebels Rewards. Rebel Rewards Program, um, in the first year of deployment, we increased attendance by 21% across all sports. So this is a reward system. Um, We have beacons across all the sporting venues across uh, Oxford campus, uh, University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, um, and the ability to now deliver encouragements to go to a game. That encouragement comes with points. And if you go to the game, to that location during game time, you get points. Now there's a clear description of what the, uh, the the points will give you, and when you get 100 points, you get a T-shirt, whatever it might be. Uh, that's clearly defined. So there's a, there's a uh, encouragement. There's a relevant message that's being delivered, um, and there's an automatic reward reward.
1: And the beacons are verifying you actually did attend there. People can't game the system somehow. That's right.
2: That's right. And there's multiple beacons. So there's multiple beacons at each location so that we can actually then look more about behavior across the venue, oh, right? So things. so uh, traffic flows, mm-hmm. we have, uh, and so this is exciting, right? Because now talking about uh, uh, success uh, or, or adaptation, um, out of a student population of 24,000, we have 26,000 downloads. So more than the students are using the system.
1: Nice. That's cool, right? That is. And yeah. it's not trivial to get that. I mean, yeah. people assume you build it and people will come. Not no, true.
2: Not true. That's right. Uh, and, and here's the important part. People are using it year after year after year. People are redeeming their, on their, their prices. Mm-hmm. And we have beacons that are hitting, uh, this is kind of a, I think, a big number, 40,000 pings an hour at one location. So that's a, that's enormous traffic, right? And that 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 data, that ability to verify that people are right there at that place, at that time, at that moment, big All results.
1: Right. So, and whose beacons are you using for that?
2: That's Gimbal again. All right. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's exciting. And and this is what they just did last uh, last game. Uh, they gave another hundred points for student that stayed to the end of the game. Intelligent use of the system.
1: Right. Right. Stop people peeling off. Two thirds of the way through, or whatever. at halftime, going yeah. to
2: have. Yeah. Yeah,
1: interesting, fascinating. Well, I think you really do epitomise the solution designers that we aim to serve with this podcast. You've got huge creativity and tenacity. This is a tough business. Yes,
2: it uh, it's been it's been an interesting ride, right? Yeah. It's never a dull moment. Uh, we call it exciting times. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it we're onto something, right? Because we're starting to bridge the gap between the physical and the digital. And as we look at that, and we look at beacons as a component in that, then the journey gets really exciting.
1: It does. Okay, Eric, Beyond Guard, CEO, Spark Compass, thanks so much.
2: Thank you. Awesome.
1: So normally I ask people what music they'd take on a trip to Mars, but you're a sailor, so let's say you're sailing around the world, uh, what, what are the first three songs that you would take on that trip to, to um, listen to? Oh my
2: goodness, that's a good question, um, well, we're in California, Hotel California is a must, right, it's an epic song, Eagles, um.
1: And you're a visitor, like we're both visitors, right? we right? decided yeah. we wanted so, so to we're So we're so blessed to be here, right, yeah. I mean this is the best place in the world.
2: Um, so Hotel California is a must. Um, and what is, what's life all about? Love. So all you need is love from Beatles, right? One of the, hey, look at this, I had goosebumps, right? So, <laughs> so that's one of the classics, right? Um, and then um, thinking about all those people that are important in my life, um, all about me or all about you, John Legend, the, the beautiful love song um, that brings back uh, my memories of my sweetheart and uh, my voice. And
1: Perfect. Well, right. thanks there for we go. sharing
2: that. All right, cool.
0: Selling a little or a lot?